be able to with these episodes partner maybe the one uh maybe the one with uh andy and april's halloween party at their house (laughs) both of them are bad what both of them are bad we'll get into it you're gonna sound you're gonna sound real (laughs) foolish on this episode yeah you think so oh yes all right well, welcome to Nerds Collide, then. <laughs> yeah, we're in it. <laughs> welcome to Nerds Collide. <laughs> this is this is a SmackDown episode. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna layeth the SmackDown on you this episode. Uh, agree to disagree, partner. But uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes. So we told you guys last week what the topic of this episode was gonna be, even though we're did kind of call an audible, which I guess we'll kind of explain. We we said we were going to... So, we're talking Parks and Rec in the office, specifically the Halloween episodes today. Yes. And we were going to do season... uh The Halloween episodes from season two and season five from Parks and Rec in the office, respectively. But we... When we sat down and actually rewatched them... Both of the episodes in season five, there isn't very much Halloween stuff there. So we found some supplementary uh, Halloween episodes to put in there. So I believe it's uh, season four for Parks and Rec. Yes, uh, I can look up the exact episode. I believe it's season four, episode seven. Let's see. I got I got Peacock right here in front of me. That is... Uh, Season four, episode five oh. of Parks and Rec. And for The Office, it's going to be season eight and episode. Hold on. Oh, wait, it's episode five. Yeah, it is episode five. Okay. Yeah, me and episode, Green. Uh, for, yep. uh, and then for, for The Office. Um, right. Yes. And for The Office, it's going to be season eight. Episode five, uh, titled "Spooked." Spooked. So, uh, do you wanna do you wanna take the reins and and uh, kind of give a brief synopsis of the two Parks and Recs episodes? Well, first, Uh-oh. what other what other Halloween stuff have you been doing? Not to like, if we want to jump into things, we can. But oh no, I actually want to save that for after. <laughs> no, we could talk about it. Yeah, right, what's up? Um, <laughs> I've <laughs> so the way I've been get, staying in the Halloween spirit lately. Um, <laughs> uh, my daughter got this new book from Target. It's a a, a Halloween counting book. It's a Ten Little Pumpkins, <laughs> and she loves it. And I have to read it minimum of twenty five times a day to her. Like her new thing is, is she wake when she wakes up in the morning, 
she climbs down off of the bed and she immediately goes and grabs that book. <laughs> so oh. yeah, I just been I just been I just been reading about the ten little pumpkins uh, well, every what's day. What's going on with the ten little pumpkins? What do they do? Oh, you know, you know, they all, the song. They all do different things. Yeah, so you know they start off all on the vine, and then the farmer picks one, and that leaves nine, and then you got nine little pump, <laughs> nine oh, little pumpkins in the crate. One bounce away, and that leaves eight. Oh, eight yeah, little I, pumpkins I, on a bumpy hayride heaven. One bounces away, and that leaves seven. Yeah, but it's actually working though, because uh, uh, actually, on her birthday, we went out and we were at this kind of indoor play area, and. In one of the rooms in this play area, they had like a hopscotch rug that had the numbers on it, and she was actually counting them. Oh, so yeah, so that's how I've been staying in the Halloween spirit. Well, hold on, you already got to eight, right? You gotta finish. You gotta finish it off. Our <laughs> viewers, I don't know the. I don't know it off the top of the dome now. Oh, okay. I thought it sounded like yeah. you did. No, no, I know the first few. I know the first few. <laughs> I probably should know it by heart as much as I've read it now. <laughs> um, I guess I've just been playing more Resident Evil 4. Um, I started watching The Haunted Mansion, the Disney uh the Disney movie with uh, Rosario Dawson and all of them. It's okay. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. It's not like great. It's a nice but... little family fic. It's not great, but you know it's okay. No. It's got some funny things in it. Danny DeVito's it's in all it. Right. Little national treasure, Danny, Danny boy. Um. <laughs> did yeah. Did you watch the new Hocus Pocus last year? No, I didn't. And no? <laughs> let me tell you something about Hocus Pocus. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't watch the original Hocus Pocus until maybe two years ago. Same Z's, and then. When I finished watching, I was like, "That was cool," but that uh, the, pretty much that was my opinion of it. There's one really, really good part mm-hmm. where the house explodes. Um, that's my favorite part. But overall, I was just kind of I didn't like not understand the hype because obviously I'm into things uh, from my childhood. That if somebody you know was like, "Why do you even like that?" I'd be like, "You better shut your fucking mouth <laughs> right now." <laughs> Um, so I Talk get it. Someone, someone talks badly about Airbud. <sighs> they better not be talking bad about Airbud. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find them. <laughs> I will find you, and I will, <laughs> and I will drop a fucking twenty piece on you with my dog. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um. So I, then. I kept hearing about Hocus Pocus 2 for years. Well, it's going to get made. It's almost here. Oh, my God. One day before it arrives on Disney+. Plus. And then I never fucking heard about it ever again. So what? what's up with that? Uh, I fell asleep on it. All these people so hyped for it. All of a sudden, I hear nothing. No Twitter conversations, nothing. I didn't even hear that it was bad. I just heard nothing. So <laughs> I didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. And Damn. I'll probably never watch Hocus Pocus 2. Yeah, I 
I don't think you're missing much. Um, we sat down and watched it because it, it was one of my wife's favorite movies growing up. And I had never seen it. So a few years ago, we had sat down and watched it together. Me for the first time, obviously. Um, I don't recall what my initial reaction to it was, but I, I remember enjoying it. And then last year, uh, we watched it. I don't think we watched it on release night or whenever it went on Disney Plus, but we did watch it last year around this time, and I just remember falling asleep, so it couldn't have been that good. That's not true, though. And then I didn't even... You might have been tired. Well, I'm always tired. You might have been tired, though. Yeah, I'm I'm always tired. I'm father of a two-year-old. There's no such thing as being awake. I get about a solid five minutes where I feel cool after a couple cups of coffee, and it's just downhill from there. You gotta drink about 18 cups of coffee, brother. I did, I did watch... Uh... I did watch Beetlejuice for the first time in years last night. I thought you were going to say the first time ever. No, I used <laughs> I to watch it. Up on you. <laughs> I, I, I used to watch it a lot as a kid um, and then kind of just stopped at some point and never watched it again. And then yesterday I watched it and, you know, what a, just a classic. Michael Keaton. They're making a Beetlejuice too, no? Uh, prob- probably. It's gonna be like Hocus Pocus 2, where they talk about it for years, and then it comes out, and everyone's like, hmm. 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 Yeah. Uh. I, yeah, I remember seeing some, something online for it, and I don't know if it was like a fan-made poster or what, but everything I've seen about it online, it just says Beetlejuice 2. Feel like if you're gonna make a sequel, the title should just be Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, so that the inevitable third movie could be Beetlejuice, 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 and then so on and so forth. <laughs> That's a really good idea. Uh, I, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. A movie called that is kind of a mouthful, so I can see somebody in a writer's well, room being well, like, "Well, that I don't know about that." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's gonna be the one that goes straight to Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not expecting of, these movies to be good. <laughs> instead of uh, what's it called? Instead of Michael Keaton, it's like uh, Michael J. Fox as Beetlejuice. <laughs> they get the wrong Michael. That that is like Michael J. Fox is a good actor. It should just be somebody. Well, I accidentally put typed in season two, and that's it into Google. The first image that came up was. Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, season two, to bring back Melissa McBride as Carol. And I was like, I do not give one single fuck <laughs> about that. That's wild that that's still popping up. Walking Dead, man. One of the best shows to ever exist. Ever. In the history of television. If you don't believe it, if you don't believe it, you can fucking fight me. Okay, because well, give me give me the time and place. Nothing's better than a a show about zombies where all, all the characters die that you like. Okay, I haven't seen an episode of The Walking Dead past season two. Um, I stopped watching The Walking Dead after 
I don't even remember what happened, but it was during season three because it would come on on Sundays on AMC and I would be working and I would always get spoiled. Facebook statuses would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this person just died. Oh, my God. I'm, (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I can't believe that you have social media and you're ruining everything for me. <laughs> you just gotta stay off it. Just gotta stay off social media, man. Yeah, I mean you're right, but it's still annoying that people decide to ruin entire plot points of shows because for <laughs> for what <laughs> for likes, so your friends can be like, oh my god, yeah, they want to L- talk. About Lol, it. yeah. Lol, they yeah. Talk about it. <laughs> LOL, Glenn died. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) OMG, Lori, whore. (laughs) Wow. That was probably that was probably legitimately a tweet when uh did Twitter exist when in two thousand nine? Yes. That was a tweet. That was a tweet in two thousand nine. Anyway, we're not here to talk about The Walking Dead. We're here to talk about yeah. two two little sitcoms. One called The Office, one called Parks and Recreation. Both Yeah, so jumping from in, jumping in, from Yes. What? Nothing. <laughs> I I was going to there was an opportunity there for me to take a dig at Parks and Rec. I was going to take it. <laughs> well, good. Good that I stopped you. Yeah. Uh, That's both, all right. I'll have both came out both came on uh, NBC. Uh, the Office uh, started in 2005, uh, season one. I believe it was six episodes. Um, then they got. I believe you. I, and correct. I also and I also believe that it won an Emmy for uh, best. Uh, what did it win for? Best series in season one, which is wild. Only having a. Only having six episodes. Yeah, it's really great. It's perfect. So I don't. I don't know how you can argue against it. Oh, I will. Yeah. yeah. So they. I need to look that up. Actually, they won. They won in two thousand and nine for outstanding directing for a comedy series. Uh, they won in 2007, 2006, 2013, 2011. Well, no, they were just nominated in 2013. It's an award-winning show. Is Parks and Rec an award-winning show? Did they won an award? Probably. They have 16 nominations, no wins. What were they competing against? Yikes. 30 Rocks? Um, I, I don't know. Okay, so I had it wrong. I was thinking about Arrested Development, season one, won at mm. the Emmy for best uh, for outstanding comedy series. Uh, the Office won in two thousand six, which it won against Arrested Development season three. And that shows you how much they know. Arrested Development season three, one of the best seasons of any show ever. Still took a L. Kirby, it beat Kirby Your Enthusiasm, which it shouldn't have. Uh, no, should have. Right it did beat so. Two and a Half Men, which it should have. Everything should beat Two and a Half Men. Then it lost every year against 30 Rock. Then well, it that's lost just kind of like one of those... Si- 
Then it lost every year against Modern Family. It, the Office had like the Jordan LeBron effect, right? If you follow basketball, then you know that there are a lot of years that Jordan should have won MVP, but they didn't give it to him because he kept winning MVP, so they'd give it to another player. You could say the same thing about LeBron. There are a lot of years he should have won. All of those years, the office probably should have won, but it's boring to keep giving it to the office. You got to, you know, you let another show get some shine. <laughs> you got to keep giving it the 30 there was obviously there was, there was obviously an agenda to push that show. That I, I, be... I've never seen that show. I, have, I know nothing about it. Which show? A 30 Rock? I've never rock. seen it either. 30 Rock? I called it Dirty Rock. That shows you how little I know. <laughs> Let's see. And then Fra- my favorite is Frasier won like five years in a row competing against Friends. Um, and then Friends finally won in its last season. That's funny that they won in their last season. It, at that point, it was like they had to. But they were up against Curb Your Enthusiasm, Everybody Loves Raymond, Sex in the City, and Will and Grace. Which you can make an argument for any one of those shows winning and be like, yeah. I like Everybody Loves Raymond. Hey, Everybody Loves Raymond. That's what, that's yeah, what the title like is. <laughs> okay. And you know what else? Everyone, everyone loves The Office and not everyone loves Parks and Rec. So for the viewers at home, I have made minimal digs at The Office. Let's just get this <laughs> out of the way. All right, so because okay, here okay, so the reason is because I legitimately dislike Parks and Rec, and having to sit through these two episodes was legitimately painful at times. This guy's a fool. I'm a fool. Let's just a fool. Do you you want to get into it? Just a fool. Go ahead, talk about those talk about the two Parks and Recs episodes, lay out what happened, what happens. Alright, let me get to it. So I can just read the synopsis. Yeah, let's get to it. So the season two, uh episode seven episode of Parks and Rec titled Greg Pakitis. The synopsis is Leslie tries to stop a high school punk who vandalizes the park every Halloween, but will she get the last laugh? Or will he? Sorry, I can't read. But will he get the last laugh? Meanwhile, Anne has a Halloween party. It's a bore until Tom saves the day. I do like that it spoils it for you. It's just like, Anne's party is a bore, but don't worry. Tom's here to save the day. Well, nothing. Go on. (laughs) Do you want to get in? Oh, I guess I'll go through mine. Are we going to go through all the... Just uh, just the four. Okay. So then it's... uh, Season 5 of Parks and Rec. Halloween Surprise. No, it's uh, Season 4, right? We switched it to Season 4? Oh, you're right. Well, good thing, because that, that uh, Season 5 episode yeah. obliterates yeah, anything you... that... Uh, that you would have... That you Excuse would have Excuse me, me. The, the episode that has five minutes of Halloween in it? The same thing could be said about The Office... In the same season, that cold open was way better. That okay. That we'll get into it. 
No, we're going to get into it then. We're going to talk about those Dude, two episodes. That that Halloween cold open in The Office Season 5 is leaps and bounds better than the, what, 10 minutes of Halloween that you get in Season 5 of Parks and Rec. How is it better? You get a full-ass movie night where they talk about Death Canoe 4 and Donna Live That scene it. lasts 30 seconds. We get one shot where Donna's being obnoxious during the movie. That's it. We never go back to it. Okay, the same thing can be said about the you office. Get, you get you, the cold open and get, then you never talk about it again. Because the, the it's literally the same exact. It's literally the exact same. Episode. No, 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 no. Because it's a cold open, so the cold open doesn't have to tie into the actual episode. in In Parks and Rec, you get it's the setup complete, for the whole episode. Okay, and then the rest of the episode is trash. Who cares about Jerry's fundraiser and raising? Nobody cares about Jerry. Jerry's an unlikable character. What? Across the board. He's an unlikable character. Nobody cares about Jerry. He's boring. He just gets in the way. He has he adds no value to the cast whatsoever. And that's a theme for a lot of these characters. Specifically, if you want to talk about um, season two's episode of Parks and Rec, the Halloween one, there isn't a likable character in that entire goddamn episode, and you know it. Uh, minus every character that's in the episode. <laughs> Fuck Everybody, no, no, no. Okay, I'll give you one. Ann Perkins. That's it. Ann Perkins is the only likable character in that episode. What? I mean, you sound foolish as hell right now. <laughs> First of all, Ron Swanson. Everybody loves Ron Swanson. He shows up to the party right on time. There's not he enough. Brings, of him. He brings a gift. There's not enough of him. He is underused. Undervalued. I agree. Also, Rob Swanson also, is by he wears, oh. side note, he wears the same exact costume in every Halloween <laughs> episode of Parks and Rec. I have that I have that in my notes for the other episode. I love that. Because he comes in and he's like, oh, wait, uh, you're a pirate again. Yes, Dude, this is my Halloween costume. Yes, this is my Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Uh, Tom totally saves the day. I'll give you this, though. Tom is a real bad character in the the one episode that we added to it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. <sighs> okay. But you a fool. So, the cold open for The Office Season 5, you get a lot of good costumes. Okay. You get uh, Stanley wearing the, the uh, mask to sleep. Phyllis in the Raggedy Ann costume. That That's awesome. Uh, you get all three of the um, different uh, you know, you know jokers. Wore, you know who wore the Raggedy Ann costume first in this series? And Ann Perkins. I, I, Ann, Ann Perkins was better. Ann Perkins was better. I like Phyllis, Ann Perkins. Yes. She's a great character. She's a great character. She's a great character. Before we get off the rails, but, let's just you, let's go by let's go by season. So you read your synopsis for Parks and Rec season uh, two. Season two. Parks and Rec. <laughs> the Office season two. Okay, hold on. Let me go back to it because my synopsis is a lot more brief because it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to explain the entire episode. Because it's a bad episode. <clears throat> <clears throat> this season two of The Office, that Halloween episode is a bad episode? It sure is, bud. 
Okay. So Actually, the synopsis not a bad for. Episode. Okay. Okay. It's okay if you want to get a little spicy. You can say things that aren't true. Yeah, Content just like you are. <laughs> no, no, I your stand whole, firmly behind whole, everything your, I say. Everything you've said no. for 10 minutes. No. <laughs> so go I ahead and read your you, synopsis. I promise you I'm 1,000% serious. I despise Parks and Rec, and you're going to hear that throughout this entire episode. So uh, The Office Season 2, Episode 5, simply titled Halloween. No bells and whistles there needed. Just Halloween. Uh, so the synopsis. As- <laughs> you act like it's better because it's called Halloween. The other, ep- the Parks and Rec episode is called Greg Pakaitis. How fucking more basic can you get? Because it's a character the fuck we've out never of here. fucking met before. It's a character we've never fucking met before. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, season two, episode five of The Office. Uh, as the staff preps for a Halloween party, Michael can't decide who to let go, putting a damper on the festivities. That's all you need. That's it. So yeah, uh, I guess. Uh, so so explain. So let's just stick with season two. All right. Okay. All right. Explain to me I how this. Think, I do think that these episodes are really have uh, really sharp parallels. I should say, uh, both are in the early. You know, in the early. Uh, seasons of the show when they're kind of still establishing the characters, um, all their nuances and, you know, developing the relationships still. So it is interesting that both the, like the four episodes that we picked have the same parallel path where it's like the season two episodes, you can still see everything forming. It's not quite right yet, but it's Mm -hmm. almost there in both, in both episodes. Then you get to the season five episodes that we talked about, and those are like est- well into the series. Everything's established. All the character relationships are there. They've been built for a while. So it is weird to see the two parallels because these shows are, uh, at the end of the day, uh, I want to say that Par- Parks and Rec was also developed by Michael Schur, um, who I did right on The Office. Um Michael Schur also wrote The Good Place, which is another fantastic series. Um, so anyway, uh, we're getting into it. We got a little, little opening of both of them where in Parks and Rec, it just shows Leslie Nope in a high school. She approaches a kid, Greg Pakaitis, tells him she's going to end him. Greg's eating a peach. Then we got The Office... Uh, it is like really similar. They both establish the story right within the first scene. You already know what the entire crux of the episode is going to be. Uh, Michael Scott comes in. He's got the phone call with Jan's secretary, who I forget what her name is. I want to say it's Cheryl, but I can't remember. Um, I did laugh very hard when uh he kept her on the phone <laughs> and was like, "Wish you fired her." <laughs> I'm still here. What? Okay. Okay. Also, both have fucking iconic theme songs. Just incredible themes. Obviously, The Office is a great theme. Parks and Rec, that's my shit. Just a real satisfying little tune. I'm sorry. It's very annoying. 
How are we going to have a debate? You find zero fucking... Listen, I told you I don't like Parks and Rec. And you a fool. So, of course, I'm going to keep ragging on it. Sorry, I don't like it. This guy... This guy wouldn't this isn't gonna television. be a happy go. This isn't gonna be a happy go lucky episode, Justin. We're at opposite sides of this. This guy, he wouldn't know good. <laughs> You're tele- wrong. This guy <laughs> wouldn't know good television if a TV was in front of him. I I think that the Office. It's an intro theme that you can hear over and over again. And it'd I will be okay. I will say that the intro theme to the Office. Um, does work outside of the office better. Like if it if there was no association to the office and you heard this song, it would be just a regular song, which it is. The Parks and Rec theme Honestly, only works for Parks and Rec. Like if I heard it on the if I heard it on the radio, I'd be like, Nah, I'm alright. Honestly, the Parks and Rec theme when I hear it, it hurts my brain. <laughs> there was a period in my relationship where. At this point, I I had already hate Parks and Rec. I had watched it the entire way through. It was cool the first time away, first time you know through it. But you know, my fiance started putting it on the TV like when we were laying in bed, getting ready to go to bed and stuff, right? And she kept playing it, and I hated that show so much. So I just I have like a physical reaction whenever I hear that jingle. It's just. So, sounds like your your, your fiance ruined this show for you. Sounds like you started off just okay with it. No, well, I thought I think it was cool the first time around, but you know, like The Office, I still I can turn on any episode of The Office today and watch it, even though I've watched it a million times. Parks and Rec, when we tried to watch it a second time around, I just found myself being annoyed by it. And that's where the hatred began. All right. Well, let's get into it. So, so I'm still I'm still waiting for you to tell me like concrete reasons why you think this episode of Parks and Rec is better. Here's why I think The Office isn't a that good of an episode. There you go. Get spicy. Talk about The Office. Talk about so your let's, dislikes. Let's, let's talk about Jim. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about Jim. He has the worst fucking Halloween costume ever. He's such a goddamn tryhard, such a lame dork for putting on three dots on his thing, and is just like, oh yeah, uh, uh, you know, it's a it's a real funny gag. <laughs> it's a real, it's real funny for me to not care about anything. <laughs> and F- Phyllis laughing at it, I was like, that's terrible. That's a terrible costume. And then Dwight spending one hundred and twenty nine dollars on a fucking Sith Lord <laughs> costume. Give it's me awesome. a break, dude. <laughs> yes, because if you know these characters enough, that's something they would do. It's not out of the ordinary. It fits within their character profile. Just because it's not out of the realm of their character doesn't mean it's bad. That's just Jim. Jim's such a like a lame tryhard for because he had to put so much thought into doing. The op, like he tried so hard to be different and be witty and funny that it's it's not. It's like just pick a costume or don't. I don't think. I think the opposite. I think that Jim is clever, and he had that idea really quickly, and 
three circles don't take that long to cut out. It's still very minimal effort. And in future Halloween episodes of The Office, he commits to it. Yeah, like a loser. I mean, you could feel that way, but I disagree. I think that's just part of who he... I don't see how you get try-hard from minimal effort. Because he's trying hard to like appear witty and smart and like, oh yeah, I totally didn't try... You know, Halloween doesn't appeal to me in any way. I just threw this together. But it's really like, no, you're trying way too hard to appear to be witty and like funny and that you don't care. But really, you're just coming off as kind of a dick because (laughs) like, just don't wear a costume if you're if you don't enjoy wearing a costume. I've never heard anybody refer to Jim as being a dick unless you're talking about a certain episode in season nine or a series of episodes in oh, season Oh yeah. Well we're about to get in nine. we're about to get in some more Jim criticisms. Go ahead. What what else you got? So mm-hmm. what else you got? <laughs> so we get uh Jim and Pam applying for jobs for Dwight, which is hilarious. And uh after after they get him an interview with uh some other mill like in an I can't remember where exactly they said Cum- it was Cumberland Mills yeah Cumberland Mills um Pam is like you know you should be getting that job with the higher raise you really should apply for it you know like a friend would say to be like hey you should like you're way better than this place you should move on from this place. All of a sudden, Jim gets all butthurt because he's like, oh, yeah, uh, Pam doesn't like me anymore. She wants me to move away. Oh, my he's God. He's in love with her. He's in love with her. No, here's the thing. That's fine. Yeah, he's in love with her. I have no idea why he got upset about that regardless. All, all Pam oh wants God. is for Jim <laughs> to do better, to be better. That's something someone who loves someone else would do. Like, if your fiancé was like, hey, I think you should quit your job and do this other thing because it makes more money and you'll be happier there, you wouldn't be like, oh, my God, she wants me to move away from her. Oh. Like a child. is not only in love with her, that's his only friend in the office, for real. It's really his only motivation for continuing to go to work there. Even at the end of the episode, though, he's like, if if Pam didn't work here, I would just go to the other job. Yeah, but and, you know that's not true. Yeah, well, stop just saying being, that. Stop putting on a show. Actually express I've how you feel. I've literally never heard anyone have this opinion on Jim. Jim is one of the most likable characters of the show. Look, Jim's all right, but this behavior where... He uh is obviously he's in love with a woman who is engaged, and you can say whatever you want about Pam and Roy's relationship, whatever. Obviously, it wasn't meant to be, and it's better off that Jim and Pam got together anyway. But Jim acting like acting like this entitled child, and his feelings are so hurt because he thinks that this girl who he's not going out with, by the way, just his friend, wants him to have a better job, a better position in life, 
It's like, obviously any normal person would think, oh yeah, my friend wants me to do better. Not, my friend wants me to move away so I can not be around her. It's like, I get think, over yourself, bud. No, I, I think it humanizes Jim because I think that's a very realistic reaction that someone in that position would probably have. You're going to react irrationally when you're hearing something from the person that you secretly love who's engaged. That's a plausible reaction, whether it's justified or not, or whether he's acting like a crybaby or not. I think Look, how old for is the Jim? character... I don't know, mid-twenties, maybe? Grow the hell up. Were you mature in your mid-twenties? <laughs> I was mature enough not to <laughs> act like this. I wouldn't get fucking offended by someone being like, I want you to be better in life. I want you to do better. Fair I think, enough. I think enough. you should get that job. I was fine with... Actually, I like Jim for the most part. It's just this instance, I'm like, what is happening? Like, Stop being a child. You're throwing a little baby tantrum. We have a mutual friend that we used to work with. Me and him used to go back and forth all the time arguing with about Jim and Pam. I would always defend Pam. He would always defend Jim. And we would primarily like discuss like the later season eight and nine stuff when them two are kind of at odds. So it's kind of funny that now I'm defending Jim when I, I've I've gone against Jim and I've probably argued a lot of the same things that you may be bringing up but i think i think wait while like i said those that behavior from jim is probably immature but i think it's a realistic reaction that someone in real life may have be it irrational or not there's nothing in Parks and Rec that screams, this might actually be happening. None of it seems real. And why does it have to? It's fucking television. Do you watch oh television God. to be like, I want to watch exactly what's happening in the world? No, I, I think, it's escapism, I think, dude. No, no, I think in the mockumentary subgenre, you have to have some element of realism to pull it off. There are elements of realism in Parks and Rec. But just not like the, your mind, not in these episodes, <laughs> just like your found footage horror movies, which I they, adore, which they take bad once and all, where they take real like life instances of people and amp them up to include, you know, ghosts and ghost goblins and all kinds of spooks. You have a basis of realism and then you can go off into fantasy. And that's all the television Let me ask is. you something. Let me ask you something. Uh-oh. We worked together, right? Yeah. We worked together, right? The first time around, right? Remember <laughs> when I got transferred? Remember when I got transferred? Yeah. Right? I walked into that day. I walked in I walked in the back room. You might not remember this, but I remember like weird obscure shit, right? I walk in and me and you we we lock eyes immediately, right? And this was before we were even as close as we are now. We lock eyes. We don't say anything. We just give each other a big old hug and say goodbye because I was leaving. Mm-hmm. Right? So you were, you were sad that I was leaving, right? Yeah, but I wouldn't be like, I'm never going to talk. No, don't go. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't like force onto you not to go, like to be better. But, okay, so we can, we, 
it's kind of like arguing semantics, but you had a similar internal reaction as Jim. Jim just expressed it differently. My reaction... I don't know what I'm trying to argue. (laughs) Even my internal reaction wasn't like, oh man, Travis is leaving me. It's like, yeah. Damn, that's a a shot. It's like it's like yeah man go go out there and go get better. Like get, go get out of here. No, you knew I was heading to a hellhole. <laughs> so I just want to point out some good things before uh about this episode of the office now that I've okay. just shit on Jim entirely. Um well I comment- mean while you're in while you're in the spirit of shitting on stuff is there anything else that you want to shit on for this episode? God my- uh, fucking Michael, dude, and I get that this is his. This isn't really shitting on his character because this is how his character is, but just the worst fucking boss, and it like drove me absolutely up the wall with him not being able to make a decision. And I think that's solely based on the management that I experience in my current job. I was just like, oh my fucking god, make a decision the whole episode, which I get is you know the comedic portion of it. And it is funny, but it was a sort of <laughs> PTSD reaction. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Michael's comment to Oscar about his costume. Um, when he says like, Oh, you feel right at home in that when he's wearing a full women's, <laughs> he's in full drag made me laugh so hard. <laughs> oh man, that was good. Uh, let me think. The I wrote this down. The composition of the shot where Dwight is speaking to Michael about Michael's second head, where you know you can only see <laughs> Dwight's mouth, and you know because he's dressed as a Sith Lord. I really appreciated appreciated that as a Star Wars fan. So that was really nice. Um. Yeah, and then that's pretty much it. I did like them humanizing uh, Michael at the end after all this PTSD flashback, him being indecisive and not being able to uh, commit to a decision. Yeah. Him afterwards uh, passing out candy. Yeah, and even before that, you see him sitting down and you can see the weight of the decision and what happened that we're yeah. just still weighing on him at home. He's not happy what happened. He didn't want to do it. And that's why I think it's kind of hard to... It, it Even if it's obnoxious and, like you said, it, it gives you a bad feeling like you had PTSD because of the management of your job, Michael Scott's, like, a good guy at heart. Oh, I agree. He's a good character, too. It's so just... It, it's just it's that hard I, to dislike <laughs> his annoying moments because you know he's always trying to come from a good place. He just doesn't know how to get there. But yeah, this episode was pretty good. I liked um I do there's so many parallels in, in these two episodes because it is in the early seasons and they are still establishing things, but you can see the sort of uh bulbs that are about to bloom. Even this early on, so. All right, so can I, uh, can I rag on this episode of Parks and Rec a little bit? Yeah, sure. I just ragged on Jim. Right. So I, I do have some nice things to say, but 
uh, aside from Ann Perkins, which is probably the only nice thing I'll say about the episode, and her costume is awesome. She comes across as a very likable person. She's the only likable person in this entire episode. I don't, there's no one else, but you don't get enough of Rob Swanson. Ron Swanson's my favorite character of the entire series, but you don't get enough of him. You only get him showing up early, explaining his costume, the doctor shows up, and then the next time you see Ron is when he's trying to find mounds because all there is is Almond Joys because Almond Joys give him the squirts. That's all we get out of Rob Swanson. I do like at the end of the episode when Ron is a... Just taking the almond joys and he's picking out the, the almonds in the garbage can. I forgot about that. I might have not. I might have missed that. But Ron Swanson is arguably the strongest character in the show. At, at least at this point in season two, I think. So yeah, I, I, I think would, it. I would a, probably say it's him. It would be Anne, I think. I, I still I think that April is a pretty strong character. All her sort of uh, quirks are all pretty established early on. It's kind of everyone else that needs adjusting throughout the series. So I agree with um, damn what's your name? You just said it, not Anne. Um, uh, April. April. Oh, and uh, what uh, what's his name? Andy. Okay, season 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 one. Andy, absolutely terrible. Sucks. This is where we get into the seasons where he's just a little dumb, lovable goofball who doesn't... Yeah, I think that's the best version of Andy. The the dumb goofball. The, yeah, I agree. Season one is just... His character is bad. But uh, going back to April, I, I like the character of April. I think... I didn't like anything with her in this episode. I don't you didn't think... like her with her two boy, or sorry, her one boyfriend and his boyfriend. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think April really hit her stride as a character until she kind of got away from her boyfriend and her boyfriend boyfriend. <laughs> and when you start to kind of get the romantic uh, romance between her and Andy, I think that's when you kind of get peak April. I don't think April as a character is quite there yet here in season two. She's just kind of says obscure things and is just kind of an obscure person and every once in a while says something funny or witty or does something cruel that's funny, but um, not really feeling April in this episode. Like I said, we don't get enough of Ron. I like Ann Perkins. Uh, you sympathize with her that this party that she put a lot of effort into is not is kind of going off of the rails. You got everybody from her... Uh, her job at the hospital they all show up as nurses or doctors which i think is actually pretty funny yeah that that did make me laugh um tom is annoying here as usual even though he does get the party livened up and that's cool he is very annoying <laughs> yeah but that's he's his his character is not entirely different from michael scott it's a different like power position within the show but tom is an annoying character who you learn and grow to understand has like good intentions i can see the parallels there i just don't think the stars align for him in this episode i Everything... think he's, one, I think he's a good uh, character in this episode i will <laughs> if you want to talk about him as a bad character and 
one of the other ones. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. I we'll will agree there. with you. <laughs> uh, what to say about Leslie Nope in this episode? Her obsession with this kid is just stupid, even though she turns out to be right. The banter with her and the cop is boring. Really? I like Dave a lot. I, I don't think either one of them come off as likable in this episode. He's just kind of letting her run all over him, and he's basically just, like, breaking the law and not doing his job to appease her, and she's just being annoying the entire time. Here's the thing. You're not wrong. Leslie Nope is the worst main character of any show. I don't agree with that at all. Maybe uh, half a season, all of season one, I don't like her, and half a season two. I think we start to get the point here, a very early rumbling of uh, the kind of character that Leslie Nope will eventually become, which is some, the problem with her character, especially in season one, is they just based it off Michael Scott. And so mm-hmm. it's like this bumbling idiot who is in charge of something, um, who has like, who is annoying and has these like quirk, this, you know, quirky characteristics. But, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, they have the best intentions. Mm-hmm. So the problem is with Leslie Nope is that she's in a government position. So anytime, like, who gives a fuck about Michael Scott, the the manager of a paper company? But when you're talking about a politician who is, like, in charge of <laughs> social aspects and social programs for the community, it's like, you can't be... You can't be annoying and dumb. <laughs> like, you have to know what you're doing, even remotely. So, I, I understand why you think that way. I don't think she's very annoying in this episode. And I think Dave is a really funny character because he's just this sort of, he's basically the anti-cop. So like most cops are presented as like these hard ass sort of in your face. Like they will, they will throw you to the ground and not care. And he's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we should be doing this, but he does it anyway because you know, I, I just don't have any desire to see Leslie with anybody until Ben comes around. That's true. Ben come around, yeah. So uh, also, wanna... Greg Greg Pekaitis, That kid Greg Pekaitis is, a, is he's such a little shit, but he, he that's, is that's what we shit. need. Also, also, you know the, inter- <laughs> the interrogation scene with uh, <laughs> Burt Macklin, <laughs> Andy Dwyer was oh so God. fucking good. Oh, just drinking this hot coffee. <sighs> and then he th- him throwing the cup at the ground and then being like, I'm in the fucking FBI. <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh so <laughs> And it made my partner laugh because we were watching it together. And she just was like, burst out laughing when he said that. And then him, <laughs> Greg getting him to cry was like the icing on the, on the cake of the storyline. Yeah. I think that one thing that both of these episodes have going for them is that everything within these episodes is all tied to Halloween somehow. I agree. That's not something we can say 
Yeah, about, for about your Parks and Rec episode. Yeah, but we can't say that about your Office episode either. Excuse me. They hi- yeah, the entire episode is Halloween. What are you talking about? What about season? Oh, I'm eight? still thinking about season. Uh... No, no, no. We're talking about um... also. Also, no. Season four still has the Halloween party, so it still takes place on Halloween. It's just the other aspect is the business meeting. That half of the episode, half, half of the episode takes you away from the Halloween. There's nothing Halloween about her presentation, Tom kind of making it an entertainment 720 thing and it becoming about his business going bankrupt. None of that is Halloween. Literally, yeah. Okay. And? Every time they cut away from the Halloween party, I looked away from the TV. I looked at my phone. I didn't want to watch it. So what you're telling me is that you didn't watch the episode, so your, your opinions are invalid. The, no, because I've watched <laughs> the episode in the past. But when we're, when we're arguing the Halloween parts of the episode... You got half an episode. I got a full episode. Season eight, episode five of The Office. The entire thing is Halloween. Well, we should probably just stick to the season. Uh, if if we're arguing the Halloween uh, validity, I guess, of these Parks and Rec versus Office episodes, we probably should have them as even as possible. Because you are right. When they go away from the party... There's not any mention of Halloween. Not that I think there needs to be, because, you know, business still goes on without, regardless of the day. They like can it. have they can have business going on, but, okay. Going back to season two of The Office, it's Halloween. There's business to be done. Someone has to be fired, but it's still entertaining because... Yeah, but this is it's, taking place going, outside of business hours. But it's still it's still Halloween. It's different though. You could have did something completely different. Why why does that have to be in this episode? You could do something else that's completely Halloween. You could have kept it at the party. Incorporate Leslie and and uh Tom into the party somehow or give them something else Halloween related to do. There's plenty of stuff to do. They could have did something with trick or treating. Anything. They could have I don't know. They could have been hosting a haunted house. She could have been hosting a haunted house at a park. They could have done anything Halloween related, yet you cut away to her trying to campaign, and Tom is just being noxious. But that's the point of it, though, is that she's campaigning, and it doesn't matter what day it is. If it's Halloween, it's whatever. It's like your campaign is going to take centerfold amongst everything. But if we're talking about Halloween episode. Yeah, but they had already established the storyline. But it doesn't need to be in this episode. How many shows do bottle Halloween episodes and they're just fine? And then the episode after that, you can kind of continue the narrative. I don't agree with that. I think I think that they they could have takes away from the overall storylines if you just act like they don't happen. Now, now what I will say is if they your idea of, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say bottling it, but if they would have had Leslie and Tom into the party mix, that'd be fine. If they would have like abandoned the, uh, I don't want to say abandoned, but if they would have given like 
a quick um, explanation of, you know, Leslie Note being like, yeah, I probably should be on the campaign trail, but, you know, I got to celebrate Halloween. But at the end of the day, I still think it makes sense for the character based on where she's at in her arc. I think that there were a plethora of ways where you can continue her campaign arc and have her do doing something that puts her at least in the general vicinity of anything Halloween related. You don't get a speck of anything Halloween in any of it. In any of her scenes, there isn't a, a decoration, nothing. There's nothing Halloween. You don't see a pumpkin. It's it's like a jar. And it almost feels like I didn't know until the very end, but midway through the episode, it almost felt like we were jumping between two different times of day. Like it felt like this presentation was happening during the day. And even when they're outside at the hot tub after the fact, it looks like it's in the middle of the day. <laughs> I but don't agree with that. <laughs> Maybe that shows you like how little I paid attention when this stuff came on, but it was just so boring. And that's like a lot of the, my issue with Parks and Rec is government shit is boring. There's only so much comedy that you can sprinkle into it to make it enjoyable. And you put half of that shit into a Halloween episode. There, like I said, you could have put you could have put Leslie and Tom. What if they put out yard signs, right? She's campaigning. They put out yard signs. What if somebody's vandalizing all of her yard signs and you put her and Tom, her and Tom out on the street in the middle of trick or treating and they're switching signs out. That's a different episode. That that plot actually does happen. But it happens uh, later. So they could have did that here. There's no reason we have to spend half of our runtime of the episode that's a Halloween episode for something that's entirely not Halloween related. I think that's just a personal gripe for you. Like, I think in the grand scheme of things, this is fine. Obviously, it's you get your Halloween. Um, I've never seen another show that's like done a Halloween episode do this before. It it's almost like they had those scenes of her like uh doing the campaign and Tom taking over. Like they had all of that and they were like, Oh, we need to do a Halloween episode. Well let's just take this and plug these two things together and mash them together. It seems like it was pushed together. It doesn't seem like it was uh, one think, consistent thought for this episode it's, it seems pushed together i mean i can see that i still think it makes sense because leslie is on the campaign trail and that doesn't and then you don't that even campaign have... trail doesn't end and then leslie doesn't even end up at the halloween party she's she never gotta, gets there she never to, gets there she's gotta talk to tom in the hot Fuck tub tom tom is a complete fucking dick this entire episode you're totally right on this okay so you want to cut away from a perfectly good Halloween party. And okay, so let's talk about the Halloween party. Cuz the Halloween party is very enjoyable. I think Rob Swanson's idea of having a good time of in going around Andy Andy's place and fixing everything and then Ann Perkins kind of tagging along with him because she genuinely wants to learn. Love it. 
All the all the Halloween stuff is great. All, all the Halloween stuff here is great. Love it. I just wanted more of it. And that's what made it so jarring for me is because, like, holy shit, I'm enjoying parts of Parks and Rec. This is good. I love Andy dressed as Chuck Liddell bullying Ben because <laughs> Ben is non-confrontational. That's something I can kind of, like, sink my teeth into because I kind of see a little bit of myself in the Ben character. But we keep cutting away from it to see Tom be obnoxious. Yeah, but I I still think the same can be said about a lot of the episodes of The Office where we're, we're forced to kind of see Michael Scott be super obnoxious and then at the end of the episode, it's just kind of like he cries or something and we're like, oh yeah, Michael Scott's a human. So I think this, there's a very parallel path of character design between Tom and... I think uh, the difference is the show is centered around Michael Scott. Tom is just a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, but that, I think that's why Tom works. If, imagine a show about Tom. That'd be Tom, fucking terrible. Tom works in a lot of episodes. This isn't one of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to say this. You are totally right that Tom is not a great character in this. I'm going to give you that. You know when Tom was a great character? When he opened the snake, uh, you got it. You when got he had it. The snake juice. No, <laughs> no. Oh, the rent a swag, no. right? Yeah, rent a swag. That's when he was great. That didn't he, that introduce great. John Ralphio, right? Or did he introduce before that? He was sprinkled in pieces before, but he kind of became a main fixture. And then that's when you got John Ralphio's sister. <laughs> she is the worst. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> um. Here's what I will say in terms of being a Halloween episode, if we're going based on uh, just strictly on being a Halloween episode of the the two episodes that we added, the Office 8 or Office 8, the <laughs> season 8 of The Office and the uh, uh, the Parks and Rec episode, I will say that um, obviously the Office episode blows it out of the water strictly by being just a Halloween episode. Now, as far as content goes, I don't know, man, cuz this is this is season 8, Michael Scott's gone. We got uh god, what is his fucking name? Robert California is a top-tier character. No, I love Robert California. Okay. Let's get that out of the way. Okay. Are you talking um, about Andy? We get Andy as... See, here's the thing, is I watched The Office all the way through, like, once or twice, and didn't really like the later seasons. But there were aspects of the later seasons that I did like. Andy Mm -hmm. Menard being the manager is not one of them. Really? Yeah, I don't like Andy. I like Andy... I like Andy as a side character. When they... My relationship with the Andy Menard character is... Rocky, because when he's introduced, I don't like him at all. And then little by little, he starts to redeem himself. But the, it's never to a point where I'm like, yeah, I like I like him. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's Andy. He's there. My problem with Andy is I liked him all the way throughout until he breaks up with Aaron at the end. And he's just like dickish to her for no reason. 
Aaron is a great character. Aaron, Aaron's a wonderful character, and her Wendy's costume is I was, amazing. I was laughing so hard when Gabe put on the <laughs> the tape, and the blood was coming from the cake. It's it was so good. Well, well yeah, it seems like the uh, director decided that uh, no narrative at all was just as scary. <laughs> and then, uh, you, then you got your classic Stanley getting upset. Uh, I, I love Oscar. Is that my grandma? <laughs> Yeah, it, a lot of the the main points, like plot points of this episode, this office episode, I don't find appealing. But that's all the side characters I'm like all about, like the Gabe's, the uh, you got your uh, um, Robert California's. I'm all about that. But when it comes to like, is is this the beginning of where we start to get the rift between? like Pam and Jim because I don't like their plot arc in this episode where Jim's just kind of like ghosts aren't even real oh my god uh, <laughs> it's like, no I don't I don't I don't think it's the beginning of the rift because I don't think you really don't get any hints of that until he starts to uh open up athlete and I I don't I don't watch the later seasons as consistently as I watch earlier stuff so i don't remember off the top of my head but i don't think we're quite there yet okay uh, i will say <laughs> jim's obsession with uh pam believing in ghosts is a bit weird but kind of justified when they have a daughter together this is new information that he didn't know previously and now you kind of got to question okay how do like they're they're having the conversation in the episode. If if CC asks, what are you gonna tell her? I think that's legitimate. To if you have a strong feeling that's so so polar opposite to what Pam is saying, and this is new information to you, then it could spark that reaction. Yeah, but here's the thing: they kind of dismiss that early in the episode because. Pam says, I told you that on our first date. And he's like, oh, yeah, but I thought you were lying. It's like, <laughs> no. So that is that is a little bit weird because Jim is painted as this character who remembers everything. He's very sentimental. Yes. So that, yeah, you're right. I'll give you that. This, honestly, like, I, I don't even, it feels weird for me to be, like, hating on Jim so much because a lot of my television watching history was always like, man, Jim is so oh. cool. John Krasinski is so cool. But this is so eye-opening for me to be like, this behavior is fucking unacceptable. <laughs> I'll give you this. I don't like the Miami Heat Big 3 costume. Actually, I did enjoy that because it was just so... It, because... You know, Jim has this history of not of not putting in effort into these costumes and like just to appear so witty. I love that someone else was like, "You're wearing this," and he's like, "No, no okay." <laughs> yeah, but my problem is, you so f you so quickly put on the jersey to appease, um, Kevin and uh Daryl. Yeah, but I don't know if it's. The I think it's the next season. You don't want to put on the uh what is the um when Pam I think it's the next I think it's the 
season nine, Pam's dressed up as Pepper, and he's supposed to be Popeye, and he doesn't want to put on the Popeye costume until the very end of the episode. So to me, it's weird. It's like, okay, you jump in, put this jersey on, but because they already bought it, but Pam already had the Popeye costume, and you wouldn't wear the Popeye costume until you pissed her off, and now you're trying to make up for it because you bring Cece. I, I, that's why I don't like it. I understand that. Um, I do. Th- <laughs> I always felt like when the so the right before Robert California kind of goes into his story when Jim is like, "Oh, come on!" I do think that's kind of like. All right, calm down, dude. He that is such a weird reaction. It, it's like, it is. It is. It's jarring. It it feels out of place for his character and even out of place within the episode a little bit. Yeah, it, I'm I'm just being straight up like Jim Helpert, I'm like, yeah, I love Jim Helper. Like him and Pam are like couples goals, blah blah blah, but then like Watching these two episodes, I'm just like, wow, like this is weird. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. like, I don't like Jim right now. <laughs> yeah, leave Pam alone. <laughs> um, I will say that I liked Robert California's speech, but it felt like earlier you said the office is sort of based in you know a it's more of a realistic mockumentary sort of show. And I feel like the Robert California plotline is just too far out of the realm of realist. And, you know, it's dipping into too much into fantasy. Not mm-hmm. that I didn't enjoy it, but it just, I don't know. Something about it rubbed me the wrong way. It just came across like, obviously it was meant to be sort of mean. And that's whatever, because, you know, Robert California is like, a kind of narcissistic character anyway. So it's not out of the realm of his character to do this, but it didn't mm-hmm. feel like no one, no one would go to these lengths to do this. <laughs> like even in a realistic setting, I think I they like. do. A, I think they do a pretty good job of painting him as a character that would do something like that. I will say I think, though, I think we get okay. enough of him. I think we get enough of him doing weird shit that doesn't make very much sense that this doesn't seem that off i will say that uh <laughs> his last line in the episode i'm fine bitch it might be like the best line in any one of these episodes ever like of there's the- a lot of there's of a lot the of laugh six, out loud moments here. I like that one. I like uh of the six episodes that we watched, that line where Robert California puts on his and says it and then puts on his sunglasses is <laughs> easily the top one. I like that and I like when uh when Aaron busts out and she's like, It's Pecker Poker, it's the game <laughs> of guards that gets you hard. And I love how she's have she has a hard time getting uh, gets you hard out of her mouth. <laughs> it's like she's disgusted at saying it because she's like so innocent of a character. <laughs> yeah, my big problem with the season eight episode is all the main characters don't really do anything for me anymore, and all the side characters kind of are the are the reason that I'm watching and laughing. There are characters that by season eight are kind of just going through the motions. I agree and that's that. to be expected. Like, if you've yeah. been on the air for that long, it's like. I also love 
how Phyllis is straight up wearing the costume that Andy vetoed in the cold open. Yeah, I didn't necessarily enjoy that cold open. It was just, I just like, I don't know. It was all right. I see what they were trying to do, but it it's a weaker one for sure. I think, I think they're trying too hard to sort of fill the Michael role. And that's, because that's a cold open that would have happened with Michael Scott. I think it would have been better, but it comes across as them trying to insert Andy into a Michael Scott moment and it just not really working as well. Mm, I don't think, I think Michael would have been too tied up with his own costume and trying to impress other people with what he came up with. Or he'd, he'd be too wrapped up with himself somehow to to think about screening costumes. I also don't understand why Andy is screening costumes. Because he's... Uh... That's a good question. Because I get that like he's trying to impress Robert Cal- California, but... I think that has a lot to do with it, though. But it doesn't really make sense, because the, Robert California is not... Even based off this one episode, he's not the kind of guy who's going to come in, look at somebody's costume, and be like, this whole party's fucking ruined. Like, but that's exactly kind of what he does. He kind of comes in and rags on the party immediately. Yeah, but he was going to do it anyway. So it's like, what are you, yeah, what are you but I don't, screening it for? I think it also fits in, in Andy's character profile to want to screen costumes to impress Robert California when he's he's constantly asking for confirmation like he was asking the, the people in the office what tie he should wear just because he wanted to ask Robert if they could have Columbus Day off to have a long weekend I think that that fits into his kind of like obsessive trying to impress people role yeah I guess you're right I just I didn't like right. it I know I'm right it just wasn't good I uh, yeah I don't know now all now all the side character stuff is great in this episode. I, I will I will say that I will defend the Gabe uh, indie art film indie art house film. I loved that forever. <laughs> I loved it. I will not defend the Jim yelling at Pam. I do like and I do like that Bosch Pam jersey. <laughs> I I do like that Pam believed in ghosts. I do like that. Um. This this show I, <laughs> this show does a wonderful job of endearing me to Pam all the time. It's just like Pam is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> she wears a kangaroo costume while she's pregnant. Yeah, I love how when Robert's going through his story, he has to <laughs> he he has to specifically tell Kevin for they were mice. Oh, you know what was a dumb part of that episode was when Robert California talked to Meredith. And asked what she was afraid of, and she said Jim. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> dude. I thought that like, was hilarious. Dude, three, like five seasons ago, you were trying so hard to get with Jim and would like openly talk about how Jim was a hottie. And like, I was like, get out of here with that. Yeah, she was probably drunk then. No. Meredith do be sipping on that alcohol. That's just, that's just character inconsistency. Get that shit out of here. Like, Meredith, I'm pretty positive when she broke her pelvis, asked Jim to sign her cast that was on her crotch. That's not fair, Justin. People's, you can, 
you can change your opinions on people over the course of a few years. Yeah, but why? You know? why is she afraid of Jim now? Probably because Jim's she fucking yelling at creeps. Pam. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Probably because Jim's like, "Come on, Pam! Oh, come on! <laughs> come on! You fucking, you fucking art dropout loser! <laughs> you failure!" Oh uh, man, uh, I I do like just the like the idea of the episode kind of being like Robert gathering everybody's fears and and compiling them. I I like that a lot. Uh, what else? Um, oh, was Creed dressed up as Bin Laden? Yes, okay. I had to, I had well, to think about just it. Make sure I had that right. <laughs> I. I just think the office did a better job of capturing the spirit of the holiday over the course of the two episodes and cold open that we get. I'm not going to say you're not wrong because I think half of the one episode isn't Halloween based, even though it takes place on Halloween. And I, it does make sense from a, a character arc perspective why it wouldn't be, but you're right because there's a whole episode about Halloween. There's two and a quarter episode oh. of uh of Halloween and there's one wait 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 1.75 <laughs> Halloween in these three episodes I will say that um Dwight dressing up as Kerrigan from Star Trek is probably the best costume across the board I think my favorite costume is it's either Ron Swanson as pirate or Kevin as uh, Dunder Mifflin Man in season two. Because he, he's supposed one. to look like Mr. Incredible, but he has mm-hmm. a Dunder Mifflin, and it makes me laugh every time. Also, Pam's costume is great. Kangaroo in season eight with, with her little pregnant belly. Um, Chuck Liddell. Andy Dwyer as Chuck Liddell is a good costume. So, <laughs> uh, I have my notes here for season five of Parks and Rec, that episode, because yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny because like, I was writing notes as the episode was happening. So it was almost like I was like, I was live tweeting my notes <laughs> as the episode was going. Uh, because I knew the office, I could I could go off memory, but I needed to have notes for Parks and Rec because I was gonna. That's forget. how that's how I felt about the office too. So, um, I was watching this coming directly off of the season two one. So the first the first thing I wrote was "Yay, Rob Swanson." <laughs> could we get Ron Swanson here? I think that's a great great scene with like. You get that little pocket of chaos that happens in his office, and then it's over just like that. Yeah, great cold open. I love great. how he's. I love how he's like, "What just happened?" <laughs> um. So the rest of my notes for this episode go go as follows. I put, "Okay, if he says Doctor Richard Nygaard one more time, I'm gonna lose my mind." Oh, what you don't like Chris Traeger? No, no, so- no, I I do, but just in that scene, he said the doctor's full complete name. One too many times, I didn't need to hear it anymore. Yeah, but that's established in the series because everyone is like Doctor Doctor Richard Nygar. Yeah, I I didn't need to hear. 
right. Um, so then I put trick-or-treating as a win for this episode. <laughs> Little did I know. The movie night with a horror movie is also nice. Plenty of Halloween stuff here so far. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> <laughs> then I put, man, Ron straight up snapped that tiara with no hesitation. <laughs> yeah, what a bad thought process. <laughs> yeah, what the, parenting 101 right there. Um, I'll tell you who wouldn't do that. Travis. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not at all. Uh, I put uh, Tom is being straight up fucking annoying. <laughs> what was he doing in this episode? What was he doing in this episode? He was... Uh... Oh my... No. I will... No. <laughs> okay. I can see how you would be like, he's annoying, but he's so good in this episode. <laughs> okay, so so refresh my memory. What's he doing? Okay, so we get them watching the movie, right? And... Uh, Leslie is having the plot arc where Ben Wyatt is, uh, still on the campaign trail, like helping with a campaign. Um, but he's thinking about helping, uh, the governor of Florida, which is fantastic. That whole interaction with, uh, Ben and the, uh, the, uh, candidate where he's talking about the gator penis. Oh. So they see Tom go to the bathroom, Leslie and Ann, and they're like, let's scare him. So then... <laughs> they go to the carom and they think uh, they think Tom's coming out of the bathroom, but really it's Jerry, and they scare him, and he has a heart attack and starts farting. And then Tom comes out, and it's like, "Oh my God, Jerry, did you fucking kill somebody? Did you eat farts for lunch?" <laughs> so I think. I think his initial reaction was good, but they he kept going. Yeah, that's the he, point he kept, of Tom, though. Yeah, but no, it's annoying. Okay, maybe I don't like Tom. I think I think Michael Scott would have had the same reaction if this would have happened on The Office. It would have been ten times as ten times more funny. The delivery would have been better. Yeah, right, dude. Fucking Tom trying to get the doctor to say fart attack is the funny, Childish. the funniest thing ever. It's childish because he's all he does is stupid childish shit similar to that. When does Tom ever mature? About season five, I'd say. And even then. Ah, man. So. Here's the thing, though. The Jerry fart attack is the funniest thing that happened in any of these episodes. I don't think anything Jerry has ever done has been funny, except when he no, announced that his real name is Gary. That's, that is so far from the truth, because in the season two episode, when Leslie is sitting on the bench with Anne, and she's the... Uh, the janitor is decorating the door with cobwebs and she says, how's anybody going to get out? And when Jerry walks through and is like, oh my God, and he gets stuck in the cobwebs, that shit is fucking funny. Yeah, but when he does that, like every episode or something similar to that every episode, I think that's my problem with this, with with the characters for Parks and Rec overall is whatever their shtick is, they just keep going back to it until it's like, okay, move on. Let's develop these characters into doing something else. They just keep reverting back to whatever their normal shtick is. 
Like, yeah, I don't think that's for every character, though. I think you have your Jerry's and Donna's and Tom, to an extent, who have their shtick. And... That's a hard thing to say. Their shtick and stick to it. Um, <laughs> so much shtick you could shake a stick at. Um, but I, you can make the same argument for The Office, because you have characters like Stanley and Phyllis and Creed and even Kevin, who really never develop past a certain point they're just kind of who they've always been the only thing we learn about stanley is that he really likes the uh pretzels right that's not true at all and he has a daughter that he's trying to put through college there's more we learned that this man no no no. we've learned that this man has wanted to retire from the day he started working okay we learned that he used to be really in shape and and could eat whatever he want and wouldn't gain, <laughs> gain a pound. I just pulled something out of my head that I remember him, him saying. But yeah, but those he aren't has, actual. He has multiple. He has multiple mistresses. Okay, he can do twenty five push ups. Those things aren't actual character development. Okay, those things are just plots. And the but same think, thing could be said about fucking Donna and Jerry and. Uh, I think. Uh, a few other characters in Parks and Rec. I think my problem is you can have a character who's one-dimensional or has just one shtick or one quirk or whatever, but if that's all they have and I also don't find them enjoyable or I don't think they're a good character, then it falls flat, but... I don't think any of these characters in Parks and Rec are likable. I stand by that. I don't think they're... I think they have moments, and each of them have episodes, except for Jerry, where they are good. Jerry's good the whole series. What are you talking about? He's a totally good person. All he thinks about all the time is his family. He's always like, my lovely wife, my beautiful children. I just can't wait to go go home to them. Good people don't make for good television. Give me the weird, obscure, stupid, mean no, people. No, <laughs> no, but he's the, the he needs to be in it because every fucking character in Parks and Rec is so wacky, including all those citizens of Parks and Rec because they have all those town hall meetings where people are like, oh, my God, you guys are going to shut down the sugar factory. This is okay. bullshit. So you have an entire town that's a character. Why do we only get five minutes of trick-or-treating? Not even that. Like in that season five cold open. In the season five (laughs) cold open. Okay. Both episode both Halloween episodes of Parks and Rec that we've gone over, both are centered around a Halloween party. Both of them. They're both centered around a party. You couldn't switch it up. You couldn't do trick-or-treating. You could, you could have did anything else. No, we had a bunch of different stuff. So we had the Halloween party at Ann's house, obviously. But at the same time, you're having the youth-defiling sort of Devil's Night activity uh, with Greg Pakaitis. But it's not entertaining, though. Yeah, it is. What are you talking We You just said that part was funny where uh, Burt Macklin was no, talking about... No, you said that. You laughed. I can laugh at something and not like it. You're a fool. 
The Burt Macklin stuff is awesome. Him I, trying to interrogate that kid and then the kid getting the upper hand and making him cry is astounding. I don't like that. You know what I think is much better than that? Is in season four when Chris Traeger is dressed up as Sherlock Holmes and he's going around the party solving people's costumes. Yeah, man, you thought that was better? Do, that do, was a, do that was... more of that if you're doing a Halloween episode. That was the worst part of that episode, dude. I thought that was hilarious. Also, uh... He's also, Sherlock Holmes solving riddles. Also, let's talk about how, uh... <laughs> Jerry seeing his daughter just grind on Chris Traeger and make out with him. And then April walks over <laughs> to his Mr. Potato Head costume and turns the smile upside down. That got me. See, that, that's that's good April right there. April we got in... Jerry in, is a good character, and he's a good uh, character throughout the entire series. Well, he's the, he's, you, the, punch, he's the punching if, bag who's just this harmless, nice, sweet guy who all he cares about is taking care of his family. And he still... Lo- Tom, Tom literally gave him... Or sorry, Leslie and Ann literally gave him a heart attack, and he's still like... Oh, you guys didn't have to come down here and take care of old me. It's totally fine. I still love you guys. That's just a good person. I think we can both agree that Brooklyn Nine-Nine has the best Halloween episodes, though. And that show just keeps going back to the well. Same thing every time. Eh. I wouldn't say Brooklyn Nine-Nine's better than either of these shows. I'm talking about just the Halloween the, it's been a long time since I've seen any of the Halloween episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but so maybe Bro- I'll have so, to watch those. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they do the Halloween heist every year. Oh, you're right. Yeah. The few... I've never finished that series because I always get a certain point of the way through and then I'm just like, okay, I'm done here. <laughs> really? I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine a lot. It's not. It's not anything to do with the quality. It's just... I've had enough, <laughs> and I'm going to move on. <laughs> God, I don't know how you can have that opinion of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and stand by Parks and Rec. I've watched Parks and Rec all the way through multiple times because all the characters just... are endearing, and I love them. Do you have like an obsession with like government and law or something? <laughs> no, actually, far from it. This is like the only thing political that uh, it's I'm so all about. It's so boring. They do I don't j- care about these political issues that come up that this cast of characters is trying to solve. Yeah, but all of them are such sm- such small issues. Like it's always like the the uh the the town uh fast food chain has too much sugar in its in its uh stuff. And then we get hilarious bits like uh like Leslie talking about how the child-sized drink at the uh, the fast food place is literally the size of a small child, and she pulls out the cup. That's just comedy gold, baby. I wouldn't call it gold, but it it's good. It's gold. That, that's an example of of good comedy. I think that Parks and Rec has flashes of. I just think they're few and far in between. I think that. I think if they would have kept her in the parks department, and just did more of that kind of stuff, right? Like you were just saying, like with the cup being the size of a small child. Keep her tackling that kind of like the weird and obscure laws that Pawnee has. And by God, what a terrible name 
for a city. But they trying to make the show about her, which, I mean, she's the main character. The show should be about her, right? But about her rise and her aspirations to, to get on the city council and to move up in government, I could care less about. If you keep her focused on the parks department and build issues around that and then fill it in with issues and conflicts and stuff with the cast of characters. I don't agree with that at all. Cause that's a betrayal of her character. Her character, even in the first season is, uh, is presented to us as someone who has wanted to do this their whole life, who aspires to be, you know, to move up in the political system. She has, so many heroes pictures that she has in her uh, office, Hillary Clinton, you know. Okay, I understand and- that. And Michael had aspirations to move up into corporate. He even had an interview for a job, yet they never moved him from that. They kept him in his spot. Yeah, because he's inept at <laughs> Why How was he inept? He has the best operating branch in the company. When the company was sold, I his should say, branch I should say this. was he's the soci- only one that survived. He's socially inept. There's no way a person like that can be put in sort of a position of power when they openly talk about Oscar being uh, <laughs> feeling more comfortable in drag. <laughs> like you don't prom- like, you don't promote those people. <laughs> yeah. So that's like one of my favorite things about the office is like how bad of a boss Michael Scott is, but how well the branch does somehow. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that Michael is also presented as like a very savvy businessman. Like he, he when they uh like for example, when him, Ryan and Pam form the Michael Scott paper company, you can see flashes of like his salesmanship and his knowledge of what customers need and want. And he uses that against, you know, Dunder Mifflin. So he's not inept. I shouldn't have said inept at his job because obviously he was good at his job, but in terms of social situations and being (laughs) like a person to uh, want your company's image to be <laughs> plastered on, it's not Michael Scott. Sure. Whereas Leslie, no. Still she, no. She is detail-oriented. She cares about everyone. She wants the best for everyone. And she is really anal-retentive about everything. And what more could you want from a politician than to those those qualities? I just don't want to watch a show about a politician. Well, you should not look, bud. Because we're making... A, <laughs> we're making... <laughs> this is going to be a political podcast from now on. <laughs> just becomes a Parks and Rec podcast. I'm going to I'm gonna become... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to become one of those Fox News guys who just yells and cries about politics. Truth be told. Like Alex Jones. Truth be told, I don't know exactly what it is that turns me off so much about Parks and Rec. I think it's just a combination of everything. I don't like the intro music. I don't like the characters. I don't like the the backdrop. I don't like anything about it. 
I said I don't know why I didn't like it. And I just explained a bunch of reasons why I don't like it. I don't know why I said that. But I don't know, man. I don't. I guess I should say I don't know why it worked for me the first time around. But trying to rewatch it, it seems like such a chore. It was hard to watch these episodes. You're a fool. It really was. And you know what? When I turned on The Office, even though I had watched that Halloween, the season two Halloween episode of The Office, I had probably seen that at least four times in the last two to three weeks. I had a way better time watching that than either one of the Parks and Rec episodes, and I haven't watched them in years. Well, you know, that's just a personal opinion. Well, that's all this podcast is, is our that's personal true. opinions. You, true, true. I still, I still love you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're never going to agree about this. And no, that's fine, because we, we can we can have our different opinions, and that's fine. I it's will cool, s- because anytime we feel like our podcast is too buddy-buddy, we can just go back to this and spice things up. No, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like debating. <laughs> this is why, why? I'm a, it's fun. That's why I'm not a politician. <laughs> Um, so at the end of the day, I'm going to say that your episodes based on the criteria of being more Halloween-esque win. Because like I said, yours are 3.2 or sorry, 2.25 out of three Halloween episodes. And mine is 1.75 because you have one full episode about Halloween on both of our camps, you got the two episodes where only the beginning portions are Halloween. And then you have your episode, which is all about Halloween. And then mine, which is only half. I think... Here's my thing. I think the two episodes in season two are pretty evenly matched. Because they are a sort of beginning... I wouldn't say beginning, but they are early on in the series enough to where you don't have everything established. I think once we get to, like, the season five episode, Parks and Rec, I think that episode is legitimately better than the season eight episode of The Office. I disagree. I I don't think the season two episodes, respectively, I don't think they're close at all. I think The Office is leaps and bounds above that episode. I don't think so at all. I'm just going to say, Jim being the main character, one of the main characters in The Office in in this season two episode, definitely drops the rating down. I don't think so. I think he got too much good around him. Dwight as a Sith Lord, amazing. Michael, who the episode is centered around, amazing. Pam is amazing. Everybody's costumes is amazing. I don't see what's not to love here. Jim. Being a little such baby a boy. Small, such a small part. It's the whole what, episode, what, dude. Why are you against characters having real life reactions and emotions? Dude, this is not a real life emotion. At the, at the in your mid twenty in mid to late twenties, you should not be acting like a fucking teenager when somebody you have a crush on is like, hey. I it's want, not I a want crush, better. though. I want it's better for you. It's not a crush. It's not a crush. He's head over heels in love. He's in love Does, with this doesn't woman. matter. If he's in love with her, he should understand that she wants better for him and be like, yeah, you're right. 
and not be so butthurt about it. Obviously, but that's not the better he wants. He wants better with her. Jim, stop being a baby. I think even if you want to argue that Jim is unlikable, I still think that's one character that comes off as unlikable. Everybody in season two of Parks and Rec, I don't the agree. Halloween episode, I don't agree with is that. Unlikable except for Ann Perkins. Everyone's annoying. <sighs> Fucking Ann Perkins is not annoying. Her boy- I just said she's her, not annoying. Her boyfriend isn't annoying. All he's doing is going around the party trying to tell her that. It's a great party. Everything's fine. And her nurse friends are all judging him. And he's still like. N- I'll tell you why that, he's annoying. That dude could have went home with anyone. And he didn't because he's a faithful man. Ron Swanson's not being annoying. You don't get enough of him. April's not being annoying. She's very annoying. All Literally all she does is come in and say, this party sucks. <laughs> oh, I could have went to the other Halloween. I see three Robert Pattersons kiss three. Okay. The April point doesn't of, hit her stride yet. She's not the point, there yet. The point of this episode is that Anne is throwing a bad party. And April is telling us viewers, yeah, this is a bad party. Even Ron Swanson says it's a bad party. Tom comes in. He saves the day. We get his... His human emotion side when we see that he's really in love with his wife. I did like that. I do his, like that. His wife is good. We got it's hard. Di- it's hard to care when he's dressed as T Pain. What? It made me care way more. That was an awesome costume. And then he tur- and then he livened. He saved Anne's party single handedly. He did. We got Jerry getting caught in the cobwebs. Fuck Jerry. He's awesome. <laughs> We got Andy, who is so appreciative of Leslie giving him a job that pays $8 an hour. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I'm going to have $39 by the end of the night. And even sticks by her side at the end to help her clean up. Because he's like, I don't leave till you leave. That's a good character. That's a good person. They make him too dumb. Yeah, because he is dumb. They make him way too dumb. And that's why we love him, because he's, yeah, he's a lovable, got, dumb guy. Yeah, I guess I can't be too mad at that. I got Kevin. You do. Yeah. You do got Kevin. I do got And Kevin. I do love Kevin. Except when Kevin... Um... No, actually, I, I, couldn't even... I was thinking about somebody else. He's fine. I love Kevin. Um... Kevin's better than Jerry. I wouldn't say that, but I would say that Kevin makes chili, and, you know, Jerry doesn't make chili, that we know of. Jerry isn't even named Jerry. <laughs> He's named Gary. That's one, of my, that's one of my favorite plot points of Parks and Rec. It's awesome. Um, yeah, all those characters are likable, except Leslie Nope, and I don't think necessarily that that is bad because it's so early into the series that they're still figuring out her character. I think once we get to the later series, the seasons, uh, later seasons, she's fine. Also, (laughs) Michael Scott's just as bad. He's so fucking annoying and indecisive. And then we get that little bit of human emotion. It's comedy gold. Comedy gold, more like comedy poop. 
you've got a character in Michael Scott season two, he's already hitting his stride. You got a character, Leslie Nope, in season two. They don't even know who the hell this woman's going to be yet because they they messed it up so much in season one trying to make her a carbon copy of Michael Scott. Uh, yeah. And then and they and then, failed. Then see, yeah. And then season, and season two, and they season switch two, it around. Yeah, but she still doesn't have her footing by the time we get around to this Halloween episode. This is the episode where she starts to get her footing, though. Like, this is where her turning point as a character is. Okay, I don't want to start caring about my main character midway through season two. I'd like to care about my main character right off the bat. Like or love. (laughs) One, this is... These both are ensemble shows, so they really... Need yeah. all the characters. You're true. Very true. I will say that Steve Carell as Michael Scott playing that character is more in line to what Steve Carell's actual comedy is. So it wasn't like a stretch for Steve Carell to be like, hey, I'm going to play this sort of socially inept boss and be annoying because like we've seen that from him before we've seen it in mm-hmm. the anchorman movie um or sorry um fuck what's that movie um 40 year old virgin bruce almighty bruce almighty there you go so we've already seen that from him asking amy poehler to be michael scott is not is this- in her repertoire <laughs> Isn't she like a mainstay on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, but those are like sort of wacky characters that aren't based on reality or anything. This is like supposed to be a character who's like you're supposed like like a Michael Scott is supposed to be like sort of quirky, but you feel you know attachment because they're human and you feel the human connection to them. But do you think that at least from the outside looking in, it seems like? Because she's doing Saturday Night Live and Steve Carell was outside of the office was just doing movies for the most part. She was more active in the realm of comedy and she had experience doing skits, playing different characters and roles. I I think it's I think if you give her the right material, then she's gold. I think uh, her in that movie Baby Mama is hilarious. I think that's the name of the movie, right? I think so. I th- she's hilarious in that movie. I think she's she's funny in in other stuff. I just think what she's given here isn't that great. And I'd... no, here's the thing though: she, what she's given in season one isn't great because what they're asking of her is to be Michael Scott. They're not asking her to develop a character that's her own, and like it's not necessarily totally being like a comedian. It's like you have to have acting chops to make it work. And it's not yeah, fa- sure. it's not fair to be like, hey, Amy Poehler, be Steve Carell. Yeah, but she signed up for that, though. So you got to you got to take the criticism with it. You signed up to do that. Yeah, but I'm you sure read she- this. You read the script. You know, you knew what you were signing up to do. And yeah, but I'm it- sure she was like in the ear of these people like we got to change things. I would hope so. And I, think, I mean, and I think did. that's why it, it gets better as it goes on. It it does. 
only because it couldn't have gotten any worse. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say these shows are really parallel and this uh this little episode watching these episodes was weird because it was like you could see in season two they hadn't quite hit things yet and they, but they were on the cusp of hitting them. And then yeah. once once we get to those later seasons, it's like, no, we got it. We know these characters, we know what their motivations are. Except yeah. weirdly in the office season eight, it does feel like um a sort of like like back to the drawing board a little bit only because of Michael Scott leaving is like, and I'm not holding that against him because Michael Scott leaving is like, I'm surprised the show lasted two more seasons without him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. Like it's, it's a credit to them to, to have even lasted. Like Michael Scott leaving could have been like NBC pulling the plug on the series. (laughs) Being like, we're done. Yeah. Could very well have been, yeah. But anyway, Travis, these uh, your office, your office episodes are more Halloween. So you to win a winner, 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 chicken dinner. <laughs> there are no winners and losers on Halloween. <laughs> Remember that, kids. However, you get your dose of Halloween spirit. If it's par- if it's watching Parks and Rec, if that does it for you, then. Have at it. It's just it's not it's not my cup of tea. Holy moly, Travis! This was a long episode. It I is. I haven't I been don't... looking at the time, and uh, yeah, I, I was I'm like, denying ooh, it. Ooh, boy. Ooh, <laughs> we getting we getting into this. Yeah, I remember earlier we were like, man, we sure there's gonna be enough time. To be fair, we did cover all six episodes, like yeah, in some form. So I will say. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> that thought is gone. That's all, folks. <laughs> we just start the theme song right here. <laughs> or the uh, the outro theme, I should say. Yeah, it's already playing in the background. Yeah, right now. Yeah, I'm already fading it in. So go ahead and take us out of here, Justin. <laughs> well, you know, we might have difference of opinions, but you know what we don't have a difference of opinion in? And that Halloween is a great season. And we're going to continue to be here next week with the uh, the fourth week of the five weeks of Halloween. We're almost at the end. Almost there. This... November's coming. You can't stop that month. <laughs> <laughs> can't stop it. <laughs> can't stop it. <laughs> we're, just that was no- a- we're just normal that- men. <laughs> That was a a line from Aaron. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. God, Aaron is such a good character in The Office. It's awesome. Uh, Gabe yeah. is awesome too. See, I got love. I got love. I got, love. I got love. Um, love. but yeah, should we tell them what we're gonna be watching? We're talking about next week. You guys will know what we're talking about when the episode drops next week. No, yeah. no. No homework required this week. You're in for a Halloween surprise, which was one of the titles of the episode we watched today. So Yeah, there you go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but just remember, the term nerd is rated E for everyone. So find your passion, embrace it, debate with your friends. Don't go too far, though. Yeah, don't go too far. You gotta have the love, man. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's like Phil Collins said, "Do you feel the love tonight?" That's especially <laughs> that's especially funny because that was Elton John. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have known the difference. <laughs> Phil Collins had those Tarzan hits, though. Those, oh hell yeah, those Tarzan bangers, bro. Um, <laughs> so anyway, find your passion, embrace it, be the nerd that you are. Bye. Bye.